Hello, we're back in a random parking lot in the park again. Ooh, I guess we're like starting a trend with this. I intentionally picked a parking lot thinking that not a lot of people would park here and yet I have seen two people and they are probably witnessing me talking to myself right now. But I think I'm slowly overcoming this. They say the older you get, the less self-conscious you become. I'm not sure that I agree with that 100%. I know plenty of nervous and self-conscious adults. They're not young and they're still nervous, so some things never change, I guess. Why don't we start talking about some very deep thoughts that I've gathered over the course of this week to discuss today on the episode, including moles, where they come from when I spend all my time indoors, aging, why are we afraid of it, and what really can we expect, and how to listen, and this theory I have about adults actually never growing up, that we're all just kids. Anyway, don't get too excited. <laughs> Let's dive in. My first topic mystery moles. My little note to myself here says, where do these moles come from when I'm sitting indoors all day? I wonder, I seriously, honestly, truly wonder how many people are as concerned about moles as I am. I once actually I took a public speaking class in college and we had to present on a random topic to the entire class. And one of my classmates was this girl who presented on melanoma. Oh boy, it was frightening. It was frightening. My biggest takeaway was that moles, all moles can be the start of melanoma. Moles are basically just clumps of skin cells that build up and stick together. Don't quote me on that. I'm not a doctor. Actually, you know what? We have the power of the internet. Let's look this up. Okay, well, the first thing that pops up is a small burrowing mammal with dark velvety fur and very small eyes. I thought that moles had no eyes. Um, okay, I think this is the one we're looking for. A small, often slightly raised blemish ew, on the skin made dark by a high concentration of melanin. Okay, so I did remember her accurately in some respects. It is a buildup of skin cells or melanin. I don't want to bore anyone too much. But basically, I've had friends who say that they've had these mystery moles pop up on their body and then they confronted their dermatologist about it and the dermatologist said or the doctor said that a mole can come from UV light exposure and fun fact UV light or UV rays can actually penetrate some forms of fabric so no one's really safe unless it's UV protected. Moles can pop up and this girl in my public speaking class made clear to everyone that no matter what kind of moles you have on your body, you should be keeping track of them, looking at their size, shape, and color because the more irregular and lumpy it is, more irregular in color and in shape, the more you should be concerned. And I've had moles everywhere as a kid. I had lots of moles. And so 
that freaked me out. It freaked me out. So anyway, I have spent 99% of my time indoors. The only light that I get is filtered through a glass window. Like I said, it's probably not protecting me, but I didn't think that it would be enough for a mole to appear on the inside of my first pinky toe. I know, maybe you don't like feet, but I'm just, I'm here to speak my truth. And my, not my big toe, but the little baby toe next to it has a mole on the inside, on the inside of it. I mean, or I guess on the side on the right hand side of it. So in between my big toe and my pinky toe. You're probably like, stop talking about the toe. It's also just this reminder that so much in life is outside of your control and control's not everything. What's that people like to say? Like control is an illusion. So you'll never control any or everything. And even things that you think are under control are really not. And same thing with this mole. It'll just pop up one day and all you can do to ease any worries that you have it's just monitor it yeah that's it monitor it <laughs> okay but i guess that's life does anybody else freak out about this anyway <laughs> this is what you're getting on this podcast you're welcome so if you see a mole on your body <laughs> monitor it closely because it is a buildup of melanin and you want to keep close tabs on that <laughs> Don't they say um, every seven years you get like new allergies or like every seven years you're a fully new person? And it's weird to think I've been in the same body and like this is true for everyone. You've been in the same body, but it's really not. It's not the same body when you were a teenager, when you were a tween, when you were a kid, when you were a toddler, a baby. None of it. None of it is the same. A lot of people are afraid of change and um, growing up can be scary and dealing with change can be scary but it's not just such a wonderful thing you have all these opportunities to literally live many lives in the span of one lifetime next aging aging has come up a lot fear of its aging i mean and embracing the 30s i was mad when i turned 25 or 26 i can't remember which i think like you know 21 is exciting because you know everybody else makes a big deal about it but I think once you reach 21 it's pretty underwhelming like maybe this is an unpopular opinion but I clearly remember for my 21st birthday I was actually in the middle of a snowstorm the city I lived in the whole city was shut down and I spent the whole day in my room I lived in an apartment one of my roommates her boyfriend came to stay with us and I did not want to intrude upon their quality time and so I spent the whole day sitting in my bed I remember I watched Gangs of New York <laughs> and that was it by the time the snowstorm had ended it was maybe like a week and a half after my real birthday and my friends wanted to take me out for my birthday so we started by having some cake then we went out to a bar and all of my friends got more drunk than I did the purpose of the outing was to get drunk because you know in America when you turn 21 you are legally allowed to drink 
And I think that I'm everyone's mom. I don't know why I think I'm qualified to act that way, but it comes out. But my friend, she was trying to cross the street. It was like the bar was right along this really busy two-way street that led up to a bridge. And we were trying to cross the street and she just, she ran. She ran across the street. It was dark. There were not a lot of lights. I felt like cars were coming around and I panicked and I ran after her. I was calling her name and I tried to like grab her so that she couldn't get away from me so that I knew that she was safe as if I would like protect her or lead her to safety and she swiped her shoulder away from me and said don't touch me and that was my 21st birthday so you know what? i think 21's not all it's cracked up to be it's not like don't believe everything that people tell you just because everybody makes a big deal out of it doesn't mean it's true That aside, the whole few weeks leading up to my birthday, I was just like, and I think my parents could tell I was a little like down in the dumps about a little blue, a little nervous and sad about getting older. To clarify, this is about her 26th birthday. And so my mom said, oh, we'll go to this place. It's French food. You'll like that, right? And I was just so rude. And I said, yeah, it's what I find. That's okay. Like so half-heartedly responded to her. And I remember ranting to my friend about it a few days before the actual meal. And I said to her like, I don't want to go out to eat at all. I can't even believe that she would pick a French restaurant. I don't even like French food <laughs> and just you know being a brat uh, and when we finally got there the restaurant was really cute and the food was delicious my mom had told the restaurant when she made the reservation that it was for my birthday and so when I got there there was a cute little birthday card and her server came over and said oh so it's your birthday and she said oh what day is it oh are you gonna do anything for your birthday I just look her dead in the eyes straight face and say this is it she did not know what to say I mean I don't blame her she's just doing her job and just being nice. I did not have to do that. But I look back on that memory and I think like, oh my God, 26 wasn't all that bad. Yeah, I look back on that and I just laugh like, oh, you were so dramatic. Like, why were you upset to be turning 26? And now I like, I see kids who are 26 years old and I'm like, oh, they're so young. You should really embrace whatever age you're at currently because at the end of the day, every day, no matter what year or season of your life you're in, it's up to you to decide whether or not you're gonna have a good year or a not great year or you feel old or you feel young. I was telling my friend when we were kind of like ho-humming about coming up on 30 and there's a drag queen named Trixie Mattel. She's the winner of one of the RuPaul drag race seasons i believe it was all-star season but i really love her youtube channel she's hilarious 
and her YouTube show with Katya, her friend. And she was saying about age, you know, like, oh, when I was 28, 29, like, I was the oldest in the 20s set. But now that I'm 30, I am the baby of everyone in the 30s. That's such a good way of looking at it. Maybe it's something that we've learned to do over time, or maybe it's this fear that we have of change or the fear of the unknown. But just think about it. You don't have to be that way if you don't want to. Every year you can pick your own adventure. And it's time for you to spend doing what you want to do. 30 ain't that old, girl. leads me to my next point which is about advice for 20 somethings I recently came across clearly like aging and mortality has been on my mind like maybe this is the whole theme of the episode unintentionally it came out this way but I recently came across this article on the internet 21 profound truths you learn in your 20s Thank you, Pop Sugar. Had started to talk through some of the lessons. I at first thought, you know, like this seems like a good topic to talk about because it's something that's come up in my mind a lot and thinking about like getting older and navigating different stages of life and how once you're out of high school, no one really sits down with you as intensely to talk about how your body changes, how your relationships change, or maybe they did tell me all these things and I wasn't paying attention but anyway I feel like I could use a little bit more of that in my 20s and I also feel like I come across these articles a lot where like there's tons of options this just seems to be a trope in the internet reporting world there's an article on Forbes about this I feel 900% confident there's an article like this on BuzzFeed this one that I found is on pop sugar but like they're literally everywhere Huffington Post I don't know you name it they've got it because they know that 20 somethings are hungry for answers and it's because nobody is out there holding their hand and they're also probably too embarrassed to ask for help so they're all like just googling at home trying to find the answers on the internet and you know what if you're one of those people I do have news for all of you out there looking for answers you're being exploited (laughs) it's very exploitative that sounds very awkward but I swear I'm telling the truth if you look closely at any of these articles they're all i guarantee at least 65 percent of them are written by a 20 something year old they like you are struggling to find themselves in their career in their personal realm in their interpersonal relationships and are therefore finding themselves giving advice to other people the same level of experience or shall i say inexperience that they have you know my dad said something to me once about taking advice from your friends this friend 
has about the same level of life experience, if not less than you. So why would you take advice from them on something when they're working with the same level of information that you are? And you're trying to make a decision on something you've never done before, so you're going to turn to somebody who has just as few answers as you do? That doesn't make any sense. That seems like something only a parent would say, but it really stuck with me clearly. Okay, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and just say, like, they've had an extraordinary 20s. They just turned 30. Their 20s were full of ups and downs, more so than their regular 20s. I'm just like, number one, good friends are hard to come by. Two, love takes work. Okay. Seven, be careful of becoming too arrogant. Okay, I think I've had enough. Oh, number eight was like, don't judge because you cannot even begin to understand people. You know what, I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say that this is maybe like informed by life experience. I just feel like when you're in your 20s, you spend so much time like following other people instead of following yourself. You know, I think your your 20s are filled with so many people that you thought were friends, but after you come out of that friendship, you realize that, oh, that's not really what I was looking for in a friend. You have a lot of acquaintances in your 20s. I think a lot of people have this belief or conception or thought or idea or expectation for themselves that they'll be just like surrounded with this flock of friends. Like maybe because when we're teenagers, we or some of us are used to hanging out in big groups or when we watch TV, we always see like sitcoms like Friends, for example. They're a huge friend group. But in reality, I don't think everybody has that many friends. But I do recall in the earlier part of my 20s being very focused on holding on to as many quote-unquote friends as I could, no matter how they treated me or what they did or how I felt when I was with them. And you spend a lot of your time kind of like chasing validation from others or like you spend a lot of your own time being insecure about yourself about who you are or what you're doing with your life and then surrounding yourself with other people who are equally insecure just like that I remember being so obsessed with like having as many quote-unquote friends as possible but looking back on it I don't talk to most of those people anymore and I just remember many conversations being about career and like somebody that I knew would constantly be hopping jobs and told me that she was very concerned with being too comfortable so she like forced herself to find new jobs she would force herself to work long hours she would force herself to have a crazy commute and that's just like when you look at that uh, from where I'm sitting now not that I've gained so much knowledge or I'm so wise, but that's self-inflicted pain. It's not really something that I'm interested in these days. I recall just thinking like, oh, what am I doing with my life? And that's so lame. She doesn't know either. (laughs) And like, why do I care? She's not even a friend to me. 
But at the time, I don't think I realized it. Yes, this took years to like actually learn. The thing you should know is that when you're in your 20s, you should really do what's in your heart. I think you spend a lot of time like putting energy into people who don't treat you with respect, who are showboating because they're insecure, and then you, as a result, start to question yourself. Just decide what it is that you want your goals to be, how you want to feel, what you want your relationships to look like, and then go from there. Don't let other people's opinions inform the choices that you make in life, and don't let a random article written by some who's 27 tell you how you should be living in your 20s either so that's my two cents on that but just keep in mind that I'm also a 20 something year old that you do not know and are not friends with listen Ooh, okay this has been coming up a lot for me recently i started reading this book called how to talk so your kids will listen and how to listen so your kids will talk and it is written by adele faber and elaine maslish they have all this great advice on how to communicate with your child Imagine in this scenario that you are a parent. A lot of it may seem controversial because it focuses on encouraging parents to treat their children and talk to them with respect the way you would another individual. And that's not to say to treat them like your peers, not at all, but to treat them in a way that encourages them to engage in the kinds of behaviors that you want. Uh, The first chapter is about kind of like tactics for active listening. A lot of the scenarios that these tactics were applied to were instances in which your children repeatedly forget to do something that you've been nagging them to do, or your children are on the brink of a meltdown, don't know how to communicate their feelings verbally. We've all been there. And some of the things you can do in those situations. So one example is saying what it is that you need sternly and briefly. So if your kids leave a wet towel on the floor all the time and you want them to pick it up and you're so tired of telling them to do that, all you have to do is say, I see a towel on the floor or a towel, very sternly. And then your kids will know what the right thing to do is. The reason why I am rambling about this is that I, although I'm not a parent, got the book because I had heard that a lot of the tactics were very helpful in managing your relationships overall. I know that makes me sound like psycho robot, but I am interested in bettering my relationships. And sometimes you can't do that if you don't get more information on human behavior outside of your own experience. So that is the reason why I'm reading it. And I want to say that although I'm not a parent, I'm really enjoying the book, especially having been a child myself and just thinking about scenarios in which my parents had talked to me in some ways or hadn't talked to me in some ways and how adults continue to talk to one another like that. 
it brought me to think about this theory that hear me out no one grows up and you just learn to cope with all these rickety structures because you spent a few decades patching up holes from trauma that's been passed down for generations oh yes this is another thing that has been on my mind i feel like i'm sure other people have this experience but there are like seasons of your life where all the media and information that you take in at one time just kind of like meld together and have all these connections that you feel like, oh, everything is connected. But I feel like there's a genuine connection. I recently started listening to or rather watching Whitney Cummings's podcast on YouTube because she has a lot of very exciting and glamorous celebrity guests. For example, Hilary Duff, uh, Megan Trainer, Kesha, they were all on her podcast. And they just, all she does is just hang out with them and shoot the shit. But one thing that Whitney seems to bring up a lot and is very interested in is this idea of trauma. And I also read this other book recently, uh, The Body Keeps the Score, which I recommend. It's a little heavy, but if you're interested in the brain, and in mental health, I would recommend it. But basically, there is a theory, I guess, or maybe it's fact. I guess we'll say it's fact. that trauma is carried down. It is like a genetic trait that gets carried. But where was I going on this? Oh, yes. Basically, nobody ever, nobody ever grows up. You basically spend all your time mirroring other people's behavior. And those people have spent all their time mirroring other people's behavior or adjusting their behavior after being scolded or reprimanded. You're still a kid at heart. And being an adult, that is just a figment of our imagination, I'm going to say. Well, anyway... I guess I'll wrap things up here so don't bore you too long. But thank you for hanging out with me for this little bit. I hope you'll come back. I hope you'll write to us, to me. I still haven't figured that one out. But we do have a an email account. It is givingyoupodcast at gmail.com. And once again, that is givingyoupodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from someone, anyone, as long as you're nice and gentle and kind. Um, but let, let us know in email. How are you liking the podcast? Do you have feedback? Is there anything you want to hear about? Anything you want to hear? Let me know. And I hope that... I will, you know what, I don't hope. I will talk to you next time. I'll talk to you next time. Bye.